Limited supply and high demand have made Utah one of the most competitive housing markets in the country. I'm Sharla Jessup. Today we will talk about the crazy real estate market with my guests and experts, Karen Luke, Kimberly Pine, and Lori Taylor. Welcome to the SFS Power Up Wealth Podcast, where we provide impactful insight and expert opinions on timeless financial principles and timely investment topics, preparing you to make smarter decisions with your money. Karen, Kim, and Lori, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Karen Luke and Kimberly Pine are real estate agents with Caldwell Banker. Lori Taylor is a wealth management advisor with Smedley Financial Services, and she holds a certified financial planner designation. You know, the housing market has been on a tear for several years. I think everybody would agree. And some people would say that it cannot continue, but then it does. (laughs) Karen, have you experienced any signs that things are cooling off? No, no signs whatsoever. We are still missing the supply part of our supply and demand. There are so many buyers right now and not enough houses to go around. So we're seeing people paying, you know, way, way over list price just to get the chance to buy these homes. So we don't see any sign of of it slowing down. You know, when we had talked earlier in an interview before, you had said that in 2021, The housing market had increased 27%, which is phenomenal. What do you think is going to happen in 2022? <laughs> I wish I had a crystal ball. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it can sustain this, um, but I didn't think that we were going to be here where we are today. We're seeing our buyers are just weary. There's no other word to, to describe how they feel. You know, they're going out every day looking at homes and almost settling. They're not loving these homes. They're not in love with them. It's not, you know, the home that they, it used to be back, back in the day when we first started, you know, so many changes have occurred since we started. It used to be, we would go show houses and, you know, oh, I don't like that floor plan or, oh, I don't like the carpet. You know, let's keep looking. Now we find one and it's like, how many offers do they have? Let's call the agent and see if there's even a chance that we could, you know, get this home. So the psychology of it has changed so much. It's just made for um, buyers just, you know, being exhausted, not feeling satisfied, you know, with what's out there, but they need a home. There's, there's no way around it. They need a home. So it's just completely different. We used to be able to go in and say, here's our offer. It was never list price. It was always way below that, not way below, but below that. And then we would say, and we would like you to pay the closing costs, and we would like you to change this carpet, and we'd like you to, you know, um, fix this and fix that. And that is not happening anymore, not even a little bit. We'd be the laughing stock if we went in and asked for something like that. You'd mentioned also that you'd seen people taking shortcuts. And I mean, people are so anxious to get into a home. And they're willing to pay any cost. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they've thrown out some things that are absolute things that you should never do. Talk to, talk to us about some of those things you're seeing. The main thing I think Kim and I are seeing that, that scares us is people waiving their inspections. We cannot say enough 
how that is such a bad idea. <laughs> you know, do not waive your inspection. There are so many hidden things that can come up in inspections that you want to know about. Every house that we sell, we do a meth test, we do a radon test. There's so many important things that, that go into these inspections for the health and safety of your family, let alone the cost, the huge cost that's down the road if you don't have these inspections. I, I just say that carpet and paint can hide a lot of things. Yes, it can. Yes. And if you're not getting an inspection, you don't know what the roof is. You don't know if there's cracks in the foundation. And let's be honest, a lot of the homes in Salt Lake City are older. And not all of them have problems, but sometimes there are problems. And you're coming in 10% over list price <coughs> on a $430,000 home. It's what, 43000 over list price, and then you have you have to get a new roof, and you didn't know about that during your inspection, and you can't go back and negotiate that. That's a huge cost. Yeah, I agree. And and already when people are stretched, yeah, I mean they're stretching to they're the stretched. limit. Yeah, just they to get absolutely. Up. They are so stretched. What do you think has ignited this frenzy of house buying in our area? I think um, what Salt Lake City has to offer, Utah has to offer in general. People during the pandemic, everyone started being able to work from home and they're like, we can live wherever we want. So let's go live somewhere where we can ski. There's mountains, there's lakes, um, people can bike. I mean, there's so much to do here. And they were like, I don't have to live, you know, where they were living. They could pick up and go wherever they wanted. And um, let's get real. We all think Salt Lake City is amazing. It's a great place. It used to be the best kept secret. Yeah. <laughs> now it's not so right. more. And our, our neighbor Boise is feeling the same thing. Yeah. They're they're feeling the same thing. I think too, a lot of um I don't know about you guys, but during the pandemic for me, I had a chance to kind of reevaluate my priorities. I think a lot of people reevaluated their lives and they decided, you know what, we want a safe place to live, to raise our kids, where, you know, we don't have to rely on um, other people to entertain us as much, you know, um, it's more pe families have come more together, wanted to spend more family time. And Utah's perfect for that. It's it's a big, great outdoor playground I and agree. family yeah. friendly. We just have a lot to offer and the secrets out. The, the jig is up. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's, we say the myth of all the people coming from California and we love the people coming from California. We, we love, love them. them. <laughs> California. But we're saying, you know, everybody's moving here from California, and that's a reality. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are moving. Yep. Yeah, and the, the political scene in California is pushing a lot of people out as well. It's difficult to live there. There's traffic. It's so expensive. You know, there, it's, it's just, it's harder to live there, mm -hmm. and people are realizing that. Makes coming to Utah a, a great opportunity. Yes. Absolutely. We Very just nice. need a beach. I don't know who I need to talk to about that. <laughs> But we need one. <laughs> yeah, hard to say. We have a lot to offer, but just no beach. Yes, yes. Beach. As we've watched a lot of young people, and your mother, and I'm a mother, and Lori's mm -hmm. mother, you know, we have kids. All of us have kids, and mm -hmm. we're thinking, how are our children going to get into homes? What are uh, you telling first-time home buyers? How are you helping them? I think the main thing is letting them know that it is possible. So far, everybody that's tried to find a house with us has ended up in one. Sometimes we've had to show them 55 plus homes. And it's not that we weren't making competitive offers. We were making very competitive, very well thought out offers. But you can't compete with cash, you know. So I think I think what's important to tell these first time home buyers is 
don't be too discouraged. You know, if you want to do it, I, I believe you can do it. And then educate them, you know, letting them know how important to have the right lender is in their process, because that is just as important as having the right realtor. Well, and going back to what are we going to say to our kids and do for our kids? Um, I'm a mom of young kids. My youngest is 10. And a goal that my husband and I have are to start buying property, you know, in the next couple of years that they can either live in when they go to school or we can sell and buy a new piece of property when, you know, and just start building that way. I personally think it's never too late or early to purchase property. Is it harder right now? Are things expensive? Yes. Do we know if they're going to go up or down? No. So there's never a bad time. Get in now and start building your wealth. Yeah. And another way, what I've told my my daughter who, you know, is she has a one year old baby and um, she and her boyfriend are looking for a place to live. And what I've told them is if you can, I mean, right now it's really hard to 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 do this. It's even harder. But just to have this knowledge, I think is so good. What I wish somebody would have told me is buy an income producing property, either, you know, a, a duplex or a home with a mother-in-law downstairs where basically someone else is paying your mortgage and you're building that equity. And then you just keep continuing to do that, you know, if you can. And I wish somebody would have explained to me how that is such such a surefire way of building wealth. Mark Twain said, buy land, they're not making it anymore. And that still rings true in 2022. There is limited amount of land and homes and there will always be that need. So I think just giving these young first-time home buyers the confidence to say, yes, it's hard. It's hard right now, but don't let that stop you. You know, keep trying. Find an agent who's willing to take you to 55-plus homes. And not everyone is. <laughs> yeah, not everyone is. And, you know, just make it as fun as you can, you know, meaning try not to get discouraged. Just go into it knowing this is going to be hard. But once we do it, it's going to feel really, really good, you know, and just the education of the process, you know, find an agent who will talk to you about the whole process, the the 30 day process that goes into buying a home. You know, there's there's all these different steps and and how and, you know, just educate them and walk them through it and let them know that there are no dumb questions. I think that's huge, too. That's great advice. Lori, <clears throat> looking at the <clears throat> investment side and cash flow and things that you understand about setting up a secure financial base, what do you tell young people or first-time home buyers? You know, I think the really important thing about buying a home is to remember that it really isn't an investment. The home that you buy is the place where you live, where you're comfortable, where you have a refuge, and you need to buy something that you can afford, definitely, you know, take into account what the monthly payment's going to be. Right. Um, and and make sure that you can afford it. But then after you've bought that home, don't worry about the prices anymore. Don't be keeping track of how much equity you have right now, because that's going to probably change in the future. It's going right. to go up and down. Of course, over time, it will trend upward. But think about why you bought the home in the first place. Like Karen was saying earlier, you know, the things that you can do in Utah and um maybe the family that you can be around or um, the comfort that you have, the size of the home for the family that you have, and then maybe live in that home until you outgrow it and then look for another home down the road. But keep in mind, Mm -hmm. your home doesn't have to be an investment. You don't have to make a lot of money on your home. 
I love that perspective. I do too. It's, it's nice to hear that perspective. And really, you know, if you think about it, there's no place that is more important than your home, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. We, we need that refuge. We need that place to, to unwind, to relax, you know, and to feel some sort of peace. So I love that perspective. And then I think another really important thing um, is that you don't have to put 20% down anymore like you used to have to. Um, You can put down, that would be a lot of money with the prices of homes today. 20% would be, take you a long time to save up. So you can put down 3% from Mm -hmm. what I understand. And um, then while you're living in that home, you can be building equity to help you move to your next home when you need to. Exactly. You know, another thing I'm seeing, especially in my neighborhood in Sugar House, and it's it rings true with me. I bought my first home 20 years ago, and I'm still there. You know, I thought it was my first home, but it's just become so comfortable. And so, you know, you well, Lori, you lived in that same neighborhood. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. We, we just, we wouldn't have thought that we'd still be there, but here we are. You never know the future. Take these steps and take it as it comes, you know? You can always sell it. You can always change your, your direction. It's, it's not forever if, if you don't want it to be. Good advice. Lori, interest rates are going up. That's going to affect what people can afford right. to pay and spend. What do you tell people as far as how much of their budget they should be using for housing? So the textbook answer for that is your mortgage should never be more than about 28% of your gross income. If it's more than that and you have other debt, then you're going to find that you can't make all of your payments every every year. And so total, all of your debt should never be more than 36%. So if you don't have a lot of other debt, maybe you can go a little bit higher on your mortgage, but you want to keep that in check and make sure your debt is never more than 36% of your gross income. Um, Yes, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates once this year in March, and they said they, they had an aggressive path. They would probably raise it again the next six meetings. And so it could go up by maybe one and a half, one, one and three quarters percent which can make a big difference. So on a $500,000 mortgage at 3%, your payment, your principal and interest payment will be about $2,100. At 4%, you would have a payment of $2,387. So you can see that raises your monthly payment about $279. The important thing though is to just recognize whether or not you can afford that monthly payment within your budget and according to keeping within the debt to income ratio. Um, I know when I bought my first home, I went and pulled this out this morning, the closing documents from it, and it was in 1991. It was in North Ogden. The home was $63,000, but the interest rate was 9.9%. Wow. So when we talk about moving from three to five, we think that's a big jump. But historically, that that can move around. Right. Um, just the important thing is just making sure that you can afford that monthly payment and that you're not paying too much. And then you will build equity over time, you know, to help you move into another home if you need to. I think that advice is so, so good. And Kim and I are not your high pressure realtors. You know, we're, we always tell them we'll never pressure you. We will never talk you into buying something that's more expensive because being house poor is no fun. I've done it. (laughs) I've done that. And it's not fun. You know, oh, do we want to pay the house payment or do we want to buy diapers? You know, it's not fun to be house poor. And so we really, 
We'll say, you know, if somebody gets a pre-approval for $400,000, we'll say, okay, that's not saying you need to spend $400,000. That's saying you can, but you don't need to. And I guess that number is not really accurate anymore. But <laughs> well, I was going to add, um, right now, if you're, say you're pre-approved at five fifty, you really should be looking at homes for four seventy five because of what you're going to have to mm-hmm. offer above list price. And if there are any other creative ways we're going to have to come in with to get your offer accepted, you, you can't just go out and start looking at homes for five fifty. It, it doesn't work like that right now. That's a crazy market. Ladies, everything you've shared is so helpful. Thank you so much. You Thank are you. Welcome. so welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for joining the SFS Power Up Wealth Podcast. Smithley Financial is located at 102 South, 200 East, Suite 100 in Salt Lake City, Utah, 84010. Call us today at 800-748-4788. You can also find us on the web at smithleyfinancial.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Views expressed are Smedley Financials and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member Finra, Sipsy, Roger M. Spenley, Charlotte J. Jessup, James R. Derrick, Shane P. Thomas, Michael B. Ani, Jordan R. Hatfield, Lorraine B. Taylor, Registered Representative. Investment Advisor Representatives of Smedley Financial, Inc., Advisory Services offered through Smedley Financial Services, Inc., Smedley Financial Services, Inc., and Securities America are separate entities. (music) 